Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Caravaggio was a great artist that lived in the 16th century in Italy, and he was very well known for his paintings throughout all of Europe. Well, like many artists of his time, the painter had a group of apprentices working for him. Now, these apprentices watched Caravaggio very closely and tried to imitate him, his style and his technique. Caravaggio would come to the workshop that he had where these apprentices were working on pieces of consigned artwork of patrons. Now, Caravaggio would walk around the workshop and look over the shoulder of the apprentices and see how their work was doing. And sometimes he would pause for a moment, gazing at the rather hesitant creation of one of the apprentices. Then he would grab the paintbrush out of the apprentice's hand and he would add the finishing touches to the painting. And it was by adding one or two finishing touches that Caravaggio turned an apprentice's work into a masterpiece. And it was those few finishing touches that brought the painting to life. Well, the same thing holds true with Jesus and his apostles. Jesus was the master artist. The apostles were the apprentices. And that's what we celebrate here at Pentecost. Now, the apostles were always trying to imitate Jesus, to copy their master. Sometimes they succeeded, other times they failed. Now, during the three years that they were together, Jesus, being the master artist, he molded and sculpted the apostles. He chiseled away some of the rough edges of the apostles. But it was on the day of Pentecost that the Holy Spirit Another master artist added the finishing touches to the apostles. And the Holy Spirit now turns the apostles into a masterpiece. And in doing so, the Holy Spirit brings the apostles, our church, to life. And see, this is why we consider Pentecost as the birthday of our church. On this great event, our church came to life. And that's why the three scripture readings for this weekend are incredibly great in describing this moment. The apostles with the gift of the Holy Spirit are now complete. They are now prepared for ministry and mission to go out into the world and to carry out that great commission given to them by Jesus, which is to evangelize the world. Now, remember last week, the first reading from Acts of the Apostles, before Jesus ascends back into heaven, He tells the apostles to go back into Jerusalem and wait for the Holy Spirit to come. Therefore, what's the apostles' disposition before they receive the Holy Spirit? It's that of prayer. It says in Acts of the Apostles that the apostles were praying day and night in the temple. And so the apostles were praying before they received the Holy Spirit, which means they opened themselves up 
their heart, their mind, their soul, their will, and their intellect to receive the Holy Spirit. Well, so too must we. We must always have the proper disposition of prayer in order for us to continue to receive the Holy Spirit in our life. And prayer is so important. From the very beginning in which we received the first installment of the Holy Spirit at baptism, it was a moment of prayer. Our family brought us to the church to be baptized. And before we were actually baptized, our family, our parents, godparents, the parish priest, gathered around the baptismal font. And they prayed, prayed for us as an infant to receive the Holy Spirit. And part of the baptismal ritual is to be able to pray several prayers before the child is actually baptized. At confirmation, when we are sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit, we receive the second installment of the Holy Spirit. And confirmation is always held in the context of a Mass. Because as Catholics, we believe the Mass is the highest prayer of the Church. And therefore, we have to recognize the power of prayer in order to receive and to continue to receive the Holy Spirit working in and through us. We have to realize prayer cultivates and it nurtures the proper environment for the Holy Spirit to thrive within us. Prayer is indispensable in the, in the spiritual life. It predisposes us to the power of the Holy Spirit. And see, we see that firsthand in the apostles, but also in our own lives. There's so many people that have told me that they are praying every day, several times a day, especially now during this pandemic. They recognize the importance of prayer to sustain them and to give them courage each and every day of their life to live out their faith in light of the fears of COVID-19. Now, with that in mind, skip to the gospel. Here we have this beautiful portrait of Jesus breathing upon the apostles as they receive the Holy Spirit. The apostles receive that life-giving breath of God, and immediately they come to life. Now, where else in sacred scripture do we see God giving that divine breath of life? And that breath comes to life, and it gives life. Well, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, the story of creation, it said, The Lord formed man out of clay of the ground and blew into his nostrils the breath of life, and so man became a living being. And so God forms Adam out of the ground. Now, appreciate the symbolism here. The Hebrew word for ground is Adama. So God creates man and humanity from Adama which is ground or clay. The word Adam in Hebrew means man. And so Adam is miraculously transformed from Adama. And yet that it can only take place through the divine breath of the Holy Spirit in which Adama is created into Adam. And in doing so, humanity springs into being. Now, Jesus, he breathes upon the apostles and they come to life, what's the first thing that they do? Well, they bust out of that upper room that they were locked in, the same way Jesus busted out of the tomb when he rose from the dead. And so the apostles begin to boldly proclaim the gospel and establish the church. Well, when we were baptized, 
we also received that divine breath of God. It was breathed upon us when we were baptized. And in doing so, spiritually speaking, we came to life. And Jesus came and he joined his life to ours. And we began to participate in a life with Jesus Christ that will never be separated. That's why I always say, baptism is the second greatest event in our life. The first greatest event, when we see the beatific vision, when we see God face to face in heaven, that is going to be the greatest event in our life. Now, a telltale sign of the Holy Spirit truly working in and through us is that the people around us, our family, our friends, our neighbors, co-workers, will see the Holy Spirit through our conduct. St. Therese of Lesseur gives us a beautiful quote. She says, Each one of us ought to act as though the perfection of the church depends upon our own personal conduct. I'll say that again. Each one of us ought to act as though the perfection of the church depends upon our own personal conduct. I think that puts everything into perspective. Our conduct reflects our authenticity as followers of Jesus Christ. Our everyday behavior and actions can deepen or even distance our awareness and our cooperation and participation in the divine life that God wants to share with each and every one of us. Consequently, our response to the Holy Spirit in our life is to share the gifts God has given us by building up the church. We see that firsthand in the first reading with the apostles, the first gift that they were given to speak in different languages. Now, mind you, the apostles were never trained or taught these languages, and yet now they're speaking them fluently, and they're speaking them in order to evangelize the church. Later on, they'll be given gifts of healing and persuasive speech and teaching and apologetics, defending the faith. Well, like the apostles, each and every one of us has been given gifts. What do we do? We share those for the benefit of our parish. And in doing so, our parishes become stronger for that. Great example is this weekend. This weekend, our parishes opened up and we resumed masses. Now, for several weeks, the Archbishop has told us that he wanted our churches to open up for Masses in Pentecost weekend. So it gave us several weeks to prepare for this. So the first thing we did is our parish staffs met, and they shared their skills and their abilities to form a plan that would be in compliance with the Archdiocesan directives to promote safety, while at the same time being able to open our doors and celebrate Mass. Now, it didn't stop there. Next, our staff went out and they asked for volunteers to continue with our plans to open up for Mass. And our volunteers came from many different ministries, Finance Council, Prayer and Worship, Building and Grounds, and yet it didn't stop there. We asked for more volunteers to help us with the weekend Masses this weekend. For example, greeters and ushers and lectors and cantors, they all contributed their gifts. And in doing so, we all benefited by that, our entire parish, because our parish was now able to unlock its doors and celebrate Mass, which it hasn't done 
for several weeks. And see, that's the power of the Holy Spirit working firsthand and being able to open our churches and celebrate Mass. Friends, how appropriate that our churches are now open on the celebration of Pentecost, the birthday of our church. The fact that we have been able to come together, we have been able to share our skills and abilities, and therefore we are able to benefit by opening our doors and celebrating Mass. Friends, that proves the Holy Spirit is alive and well in our parishes. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.